My father was a cancer patient for many years. And me personally being able to be involved of developing and seeing what we were building make an impact on people's lives was extremely powerful. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. Today I'm joined by Paul Robke, president and founder of Sparrow Software. Today we'll be asking and answering the question, innovation in healthcare, how do we fix it? And before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Sparrow Software for sponsoring this podcast. Now, Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So why do you think this is an important conversation right now? I think certainly the pandemic and, and recent events that have happened in, in healthcare or, or in society that have bled into healthcare have put pressures on the clinical um, kind of environment or ecosystem to to come up with better, faster ways of improving the healthcare experience. And I think certainly the the nursing, the the overload that it's that's been put on the um, nursing staffs and hospitals, the clinical staffs and hospitals and, and outpatient facilities has just kind of made us take a look at, we have to get back to focusing on the solutions and the best people to talk to about those solutions are the ones experiencing um, the problems in our healthcare system. I see. So what do you think is happening in healthcare technology that is making it kind of a barrier to innovation? For a long time, the focus of healthcare technology was on technology and and how we can advance technology so we can do more things in healthcare. And I think a lot of in a lot of ways, the focus in technology around um, laboratory systems and better testing and better diagnostics and imaging and and things like that, I think have have really come a long way in improving the healthcare outcomes of patients. Um, but I think we've we've kind of turned this corner to when you talk about like healthcare software systems. Um, you know, there's over 500 different software languages being used today. Um, there's countless numbers of technology-driven tools that are used in the development of software, and and it feels like doesn't just feel like it. I, I know I've experienced, I've been in this for over 30 years now. Technology is perpetuating itself in healthcare and, and people are developing new technologies more to just develop new ways of doing the same old thing. And it's not really moving the needle on getting innovation to market or getting products into the market that can make a difference. Um, arguably, United States um, healthcare system is the most expensive healthcare system in industrialized, modern, like-for-like kind of nations and cultures. Um, yet we have the highest percentage of negative outcomes. Um, um, we have some of the greatest, smartest, most brilliant people on the planet working in our healthcare ecosystem, but we're the most inefficient. And I think to a great extent, technology is the cause of that because we've started looking at the how we do things as opposed to the what we are trying to accomplish, particularly in software um, and, and device um, device manufacturing. Why is product innovation so expensive and time-consuming in healthcare? Well, that's a great question. It, it seems like it should be pretty simple, right? You have a, a an innovative idea that's going to make an impact to healthcare or the consumers or the patients, you 
should be able to just just build it or have it built and and then it should be a market shortly after that unfortunately it's quite a bit more complex than than that especially in the healthcare space you have to consider all three aspects of product development um, that go into this question around quality versus time or speed to market versus cost um, those three often play against each other and what we're trying to do is flip the script and and make those components complement each other and and for the first time get the industry to a place where innovation can work uh, faster in harmony with all three of those kind of aspects being true you can have high quality you can have low cost and you can have rapid deployment or rapid um, speed tomorrow or, or improved speed to market um, we don't compromise on cost quality um, or speed it doesn't matter anymore if you refer to it as agile or hyper agile methodologies. The kind of unique part of healthcare is all of the sprints, all of the chunks of work that get broken up into these quick little two week cycles all have to come together at some point so that you can generate all of the assets that are required to demonstrate that what you intended to build is what you built and, and then go through the process of actually getting that into market. That's an extremely expensive and time-consuming piece when it comes to healthcare product development. The actual build process and the actual development of the idea is actually the smallest, least expensive, and fastest part of the whole process of getting that product to market. After the initial build, you're only 20 to 30% down the path of getting that to market. You sit and think about that for a minute. That's a really irking moment or showstopper for a lot of people when they realize that their budgets and their time are being consumed by generating these assets um, that have to be available for review, available for audit. We have to change the work. If we want to innovate faster, It's not a, there's no lack of ideas. There's no lack of talent to do the builds. The problem is the focus is, has been on how to do those pieces faster. And what we have to really look at to truly enable innovation to be faster and higher quality at the same or lower cost is we have to change the work that goes into all of this after the build. How do we extract? How do we let what we're building kind of define itself in a way that is consumable in the assets that come after the fact? So when you look at the whole process of developing a product for the healthcare market, again, you know, that that build process is really the shortest, least expensive piece. It's everything that comes after that. And that's really where we're trying to put the focus um, on helping our partners get that innovation pipeline opened up. If you're in the business, if if you're in a research and development group, if you're a leader in the technology space in a product company in healthcare, how awesome would it be to be able to go back to your business and say, look, you've got we've got 70% more bandwidth this year. You can get 70% more products to market this year than you could previously. You can get a, a 70% of, of your funds opened up to do whatever you want in the innovation pipeline. Or we can spend 70% of this budget on um, virtualizing legacy products that are already in market. That's a huge conversation to have when it comes to how do big, giant enterprise companies touch the market faster? How do they make a bigger impact and truly get to an innovative space again? Well, Paul, this all seems very personal to you. Why is that? 
people, I think everyone is touched by um, some inefficiency or some efficiency in our healthcare system. Um, I was I was fortunate enough to work in healthcare for products that um, were able to touch the lives of people that I cared about. My father was a cancer patient for many years. Um, he was using infusion. He was on infusion pumps. He was in and out of hospitals. He was, um, you know, just just going through that full continuum of care. And and me personally being able to be involved. Um, with other members of Sparrow in, in the process at the time for other companies of, of developing these solutions and seeing what we were building make an impact on people's lives that we truly cared about um, was extremely powerful. And then as you, as you get into you know, the, a different sector of, of that continuum of healthcare for a, can, a cancer patient who's terminally ill, like my father, towards the end of his life, where he has tens of doctors, multiple facilities, multiple um, specialties, um, 15 different medications he's taking on a daily basis and has to keep track of all of them. The pandemic hit right at that time. And this huge explosion of, of the need for clinically driven innovation, um, you know, and the problems that, that my father was having at the same time, they kind of lined up. Like he would walk into the doctor's office and the doctor would spend the first five minutes of a 10 minute doctor's office just trying to get caught up on what all the other doctors had put in the chart or what they had all put in the EMR. And then he'd be able to spend five or six minutes talking to my family and my father about his case. And it's just, I'm thinking, this is so inefficient. Like, like why can't, why can't we truly develop the systems that allow for the efficiency of, of the people who want to take care of patients, afford them the time and the ability to truly just focus on taking care of the patients. And, and then I just started realizing, okay, you know, everything I've experienced throughout my career around everything that has to happen after the pixels are on the glass to get a product to market um, just became super personal to me. It, it felt like a personal mission. It felt like something that I wanted to rally people around and, and truly try to solve. And at the same time, there's this perfect storm of um, a group of nurses that I, I came into contact with that we're starting these um, these hackathons and, and nursing-led innovation hubs and things like that. And I got, I got involved with that group and people had tremendous ideas, really, really great advanced kind of ideas on workflow automation and workflow improvement and how to predict nurse burnout and how to predict um, more, how to get um, healthcare to be more accessible to um, a more diverse um, healthcare population, um, and and them being not being able to do anything with those ideas because the technology was so expensive, or because the process was so laborious, you know, all these ideas were just dying. Um, so that's kind of kind of where we said, okay, you know, Sparrow, this is the right time, this is the right place, this is the right ecosystem for Sparrow to really add value and help everyone get their ideas, whether you're in an enterprise or whether you're in a smaller company, that that the focus is on that solution and getting it to market and truly making an impact in our lifetime in this year. And when I was um, 
um, previously, I've, I've been then uh, head of the innovation council at, at other health at healthcare enterprises, and I've watched legacy um, budgets um, just soak the innovation budgets, just pull from the innovation budget because customers were were wanting changes to in market product. So the innovation budget was just getting getting gobbled up um, by in market product. So the innovation council, we just we didn't have anything to do from an innovation perspective because all of our money was getting pulled to in market legacy products. So that's another problem that we're solving with this is we've made the cost of innovation so minimal and so fast that it 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 you're not competing for your own dollars anymore. Um, and it, and being able to be flexible and being able to respond to the needs of the market so fast are are a strength now. They they don't have to be a um a, a teaching moment for organizations. They don't have to be a you know we're afraid to fail, so we're going to play it safe because you know um, you should be able to take risks and and not worry about a a good idea getting shut down. Um, so it it is very personal to me. Um, and I think that that we're well on our way to. I mean, I've 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 seen EMRs now, EMR modules being built that truly are consumer focused. The focus isn't on the billing side. It's not on the charting side. It's not be so much even on the clinical side. It's what a consumer's need in an EHR EMR application. Well, that's a really powerful story, Paul. And this next question kind of dovetails with that. What have you seen over the course of your career? That made you decide that this was a problem you could solve. I think it's it's daring to swim upstream and and being in quality assurance myself in my career. We're always looking for more efficient ways to do things, or we're looking for the the ways to safeguard or put up guardrails or um, reduce the number of defects and and just make things better. And I think you know what we what i started looking at was it's not it's not doing the same thing better anymore it's finding a different way or or doing different things doing things differently um to accomplish the same goal the focus doesn't have to be on how do we automate technology it can be on how we and it should be on how we automate um on how we automate the process that comes after that. Um, in my personal experience, I've always been in a position where um, we've had a product built, uh, we've had a device built, we've had the software ready to go. We got customers that want the product. And then the problem is, okay, now we'll talk to you again in six months when we've got all the paperwork done and we'll get this product out to you. The hospital ecosystem or the healthcare ecosystem does not like to take change. It's very disruptive, right? If I change software on your med stations or software on your um, on your pumps or software um, in your pharmacy automation system or in your labs, there's a lot of training. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of investment on the part of the hospital. There's a lot of, of problems that come with that. It's hugely expensive and disruptive. Um, so, so I wanted to develop a technology and a process as well that really minimizes that, that makes sure that the, the customer is involved and that they know what to expect and there's, there's no defects. Um, so it's, it, it, in my experience, that was, 
that's always been the goal. Um, but technology just has never, for some reason, uh, wanted to put a focus on that. The focus has always been help the technologist. And I think now technology has an obligation to say, how do I really help the clinician? How do I really help the people experiencing the problems? Great. Now, um, what's a good example of a solution you developed that demonstrates how to overcome some of these issues? Um, one of our um, one of our client one of our partners they're very nursing centric and they're they're taking the a perspective of when when nurses are managing cases or nurses are managing patients how does the how does that nursing staff or how does that um, clinician how do they truly monitor and um, kind of predict or um, enable the patients to improve their health care after um, the treatment or after the plan of care has been developed? How do they follow up and make sure that the patient has ex- access to the steps that are in their plan of care? Um, how does the nurse trigger um, notifications for scheduling? How, do the, how does the nurse trigger um, notifications to um, other aspects of the, EA, of the EMR? modules. Um, so they've taken it upon themselves to take a very um, a more nursing and a more um, consumer or, or patient kind of focus, a family kind of focus to an EMR kind of module. Um, and the communication cadence with it um, is truly remarkable um, as far as making sure that patients, not just that they're following up. They're not just letting the burden sit on the patient. It's if you've missed an appointment, I want to know why you missed it. Do you need an Uber? Do you need um, Do you need to know exactly where to go? Do you need um, some kind of other help getting there? Do you need a babysitter? Do you need um, you know any of those kind of things? They're starting to ask the right questions. It's not just a spoon-fed kind of, um, kind of EMR solution. It's a um, the the practitioners want to define, you know, how can we help? How can we go beyond just did you show up or didn't you? Um, so I think that's that's true. That's really special, and it's something that that we're super proud of um, to be involved in. I see. Now we hear a lot about automation in healthcare. Uh, why is it that automation tools aren't helping resolve these problems? Isn't that kind of what they're made to do? Automation can mean a lot of different things. And so far in technology and technology in healthcare, it means primarily two things. It means um, I'm going to help you create a bot to do 50% of what you're doing so you can manage more tasks in a given time frame. It doesn't really change the work you're doing. It just helps the company's bottom line by trying to help you be more efficient or trying to help um, the consumer walk the problem or or walk the request a little bit further down the line. Um, the other t- more traditional side of automation is always is now um, or has been um, something like software test automation, where they they help you um, you feed a test plan into it or you feed test scripts into it, and um, it it does it it executes them faster or more reliably or helps with regression testing because you can do more with less. It's it's technology that helps technologists. Um, 
it's I go back to it. It doesn't change the work. It doesn't help. It really it helps you test more, and it may help you find more bugs faster. But it doesn't really move the needle on everything that happens after the pixels are on the glass. It doesn't change the work. It doesn't change the roles. It doesn't change the software development lifecycle. There's nothing anymore that's truly innovative about it. I mean, I mean, automation has been this buzzword for 30 years, and and it hasn't changed a whole lot in the last 10 or the last 15. So I think we've take we're taking a step back now and we're saying okay what else is there in the in the rest of the 75% of or 70% of of what it takes to get a product actually to market and label it truly as innovation new in market to get that done faster what is the rest of that ecosystem that we can automate and and not even just automate but but change that work i mean we're we're looking at um, you know, when we build something with Sparrow, it's we we always call it it's software that builds software. It's it's software that speaks its own language that knows enough about itself to be able to kind of fill out all the paperwork, you know, that comes after it. So when you when we're done building a product or done building a, a piece of software it's truly finished because all the all the paperwork and all the digital assets and everything that's required for the FDA everything that's required for QMS is at least 70% to 100% done depending on the requirement of that asset that is changing the work that's a big deal you you always know you're on something when you pitch it and the person says oh man i this might put me out of a job like, like, like nobody's trying, especially now in this economy, nobody's trying to put anybody out of a job, but we're trying to help people understand that you can be the, the visionary, right? You can be the, you can be the person that doesn't just say, yes, their idea was a good one and it works. So this can go to production. You can say, oh, I've got ideas of my own. I need to think about the world we're trying to impact. And now suddenly everybody has the ability to just sit back and say, I want to contribute. I want to get in the game. I want to be a part of this, right? Um, testers can, testers, I, I grew up in the software testing industry and and we have some of the best ideas about how products should actually work. And if I only knew how to build them, I could get it built and I could show how this product should actually work. And, and um, you know, now, now we're there. Now everybody can come to the party. Everybody has a seat at the table. Um, and it's truly, it's, it's truly almost enlightening to see, um, you know, we actually had, when I talked about our partner, uh, Streamline Flow before, um, these, um, the nurses that were involved in helping come up with this product, they actually are involved in building the product. Um, it's not just a, here's how this should work, go build it and talk to me about it when you're done. It's, they're moving the objects, they're connecting to the data sources, they're, they're doing they're watching their test plans fly by them it's it's and they're putting it in production it's it's a huge magical thing um so that's that's kind of that's where automation needs to go we need to stop just saying okay automation is all about button clicks and automation is all about testing if we truly want to talk about the value of artificial intelligence and we truly want to talk about the value we can get from automation it's it's lever it has to be leveraged in 
allowing the right people to focus on the right work, allowing the solution, the subject matter experts to build and deliver their solutions to market. And, and that, I think, is where the new automation has to focus and, and we're the vanguard of that and we're, we're leading that push. That kind of leads to what I was about to ask you next, which is how is the Sparrow solution different? So we're we're different because we don't have we don't have the egos that you that we typically see with software development, right? We we want to help the the subject matter experts be the technical experts. We want to make technology so in the background. Um, our CEO, a good friend of mine, Gabe, he he came up with a great analogy very early on. He's <clears throat> he's like Sparrow is a really hot sports car with all the technology and all the the mechanical stuff under the hood it just looks like a beautiful sports car with this amazing technology and everything under the hood and a, a nurse or a doctor or a clinician or a product owner just drives this amazing car and and they just they just build their solution and they build their product um and they it's all about innovation and i think we are truly going to unlock and continue to unlock these innovation pipelines because we have to pivot. Healthcare has to move. There's so much pressure on healthcare systems and the healthcare ecosystem, the government looking at, I want to reward people with grants for efficiencies. And I want to, um, they're just, they keep dangling the carrots in front of us saying, get better, get better. Um, and we can, we can really help companies and we can help um, the solution providers and subject matter experts move that needle, get there and claim those prizes. Um, so that's that's our goal, that's our mission. And it's it's truly a focus on innovation. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. So what is the Sparrow promise? The Sparrow promise is better, faster and smarter. Um, we want to get, we want to get that innovative product to market. We don't want to build it. We don't want to get it done. We don't want to get it, um, to the next phase. We don't want to um, automate and help you do something just faster to the next to, to the next handoff. Our goal is to get these innovative ideas to market, drive revenue, recognize new revenue streams, impact positive patient outcomes, which is what everybody in healthcare should be looking to do. Let the little person in a giant enterprise have a voice to say, Maybe I'm not explaining my vision very well, but I'm going to build it and I'm going to put it somewhere where you can see it and I'm going to show you it works and people are going to listen to me. And we want to give everyone in healthcare, everyone who has an idea, everyone um, should have a voice to say, um, you know, th this is innovation. We're here. We're, we're, we're bringing it um, and we're going to get new products to market um, better, faster and smarter than ever before. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for your insights. And a special thank you to Sparrow Software for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day. You bet. Thank you. You too.